Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And today, I want to talk about preparation. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles as always and take some copious notes. I have some things today that I think will encourage you. Listen, it's always good to be on here with you today and just want to take a quick moment and welcome any and all new listeners to this particular podcast to empower you that's dedicated to helping you with the word of God and helping you to stay strong and encourage and take some action in your life. So always do me a favor. If these shows are being a blessing to you, share it with a friend, a family, a co-worker, and even your enemy. Share it with them as well because maybe your enemies can become you your friends. With that said, we want to talk about preparation. And I want to use as a scripture, Isaiah 53 and 1. Isaiah 53 and 1. So you can grab your Bibles. You can read it with me. If not, you can take a mental note or write this down. Isaiah 53 and 1. And it reads like this. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. I just want to use here at least these first few words here in Isaiah 53 and 1. Who has believed our report? When we talk about preparation, it's all about whose report have you believed? Because if you believe a negative report, you won't prepare really to do anything in life. As a matter of fact, generally when people receive a bad report, they will be in a stuck situation. They'll start panicking, anxiety, fear will set in. All kind of different things will happen when we hear and or believe a report. And a lot of it is subjective. It's coming from somebody about something. And it could be some facts, some data, some statistics. But one of the things that I say about these things is that this stuff can change. But anytime we believe or report, it causes us to do something that we generally don't want to do. Again, especially if it's negative. Now, if it's positive and it's a report that we love or something that gets us excited, it can motivate us. It can light a fire under us. It can help us to continue to plan. But it's those things that we don't want to hear, those negative reports. And again, it's all a report. But the scripture says, whose report will you believe or who has believed our report? If you really truly believe the report that God has given concerning your life that is found in the word of God, one of the things that you have to do is prepare for what you believe. I often say that excuses will never be excuses if you're prepared. One of the reasons why people offer excuses is because they're not prepared and they believed a report that they shouldn't believe before. 
they shouldn't have taken into their heart. Because again, a lot of this is subjective. It's all about how you feel. And I don't want you to be feeling driven right now. We live in a very feeling driven society. Everything seemingly is about how a person feels. And based on how you feel, you go how you feel. But I want you to get some truth in the word of God to help stabilize you and push you forward. We are in the throes of winter and winter is not necessarily my favorite season. I like the fall weather, but we know this one thing about winter is cold. Sometimes it's rainy. It gets dark early. It's dreary. It's drab. A lot of people go into hiding. A lot of people go through seasonal depression because, you know, they don't want, they can't be outside or if they're outside, there's just nothing out there. No green grass, no beautiful trees to look at. And then on the flip side, there's some people who love the winter weather. But most people that I know, and I don't know everybody, but most people that I talk to, they just don't like the cold weather. But here's one thing about seasons. They do change. And this is the season that we're in. But what I want you to really begin to think about right now is what are you going to do in this cold, dreary winter season? And every season is from God. That's one of the things I want to give you today. Whether we like or whether I like the winter season is something that's given to us by God. As a matter of fact, it's a gift from God. We don't always look at the things that we don't like as gifts from God, but they really are in some form or fashion because we don't get out of every season what we should. But I want you to begin to get something out of this winter season. I've often said too that downtime is prep time. Many times when things are not going on, we don't do anything. We get lazy. We get lethargic. We get depressed. We get frustrated. We just don't do anything because there's no spark. There's no flame. Seemingly nothing is going on. And then when the seasons change, we want to try to do something that we should have done in the last season. One of the things, again, I want to tether you to is this thing about preparation, because really it's an action word. The definition really is this, the actional process of making ready. But what am I making ready to do? What kind of actionary things should I be doing? Well, I want to run you back again to Isaiah 53 and 1. Who has believed our report? See, you're going to prepare based on the reports you believe. You're going to prepare. You're going to do all the things that are necessary based on the report that you believe. And so if the report concerning your life is this, then trust me, you might not make any plans. But if it's based on something you enjoy or something that you believe is from God, you're going to do something. But I want to say this to you. I want you to take every negative and make it positive. Because remember, whatever somebody is saying about your life or about a no that you got, maybe you applied for a job they told you no, maybe you tried to get a scholarship, they turned you down, maybe you tried to get a house, they told you no, a car, they told you no, maybe the business loan didn't go through, and you're using all of these no's to say maybe this is God. And I'm saying to you that God does not use anything outside of you to lead you. See, these are things that we get very confused about, and we think this is a report coming from the Lord because someone told us no. That's not the case. I want to say this to you another way. The scripture says that those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. They are led by the Spirit. 
See, things outside of us are not spiritual. It's only what God is doing inside of us. And again, I said it before, I'm going to say it to you again. Downtime is prep time. All right, they told you no. Let me ask you this question. Is this the first time you've ever heard no before? I know it's not the first time I've heard it. If you grew up in the house that I grew up in, my mother was a loving woman, but she told me no many times. I mean, this cannot be the first time someone has told you no. See, no should fuel you to find a yes. Yes, no should fuel you. It No is not done. No is not, it's not going to happen. No is just not now. You just can't have it now. But see, there's some reasons behind the no that people give you. But here's what I want you to understand too. We got to realize that if we are not prepared, sometimes a no will help us to get prepared. We generally go in the toilet when somebody told us no because we wanted it so badly. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Maybe there's some things there that you can do in this downtime, in this winter time. Now, let me prophesy to you and tell you something that is sure. This is a sure word of prophecy that spring is coming. Spring is going to come. We are in the, the winter months, but this is what I want to tell you. I want to prophesy this to you. Spring is coming. Whether you don't like spring or not, or even if you do like it, here's one thing we know that is going to be true. Spring is going to come, but what are you going to do right now in the winter of your life? What are you doing right now to prepare yourself for what is coming? Spring is going to come. The birds are going to be singing again. The flowers are going to be blooming again. The grass is going to be greener again. People are going to be outside running and exercising again. But what you do when nothing is happening will determine the next season of your life. And so we got to get out of our mindset that when things are not happening, this is the time I just need to just fold, close shop, be discouraged, be dismayed is not going to happen. Athletes will tell you this. There is a regular season and there is the off season, but the great ones use their off season to get prepared for the regular season. Everything has an off season. It's designed by God for us to retool, for us to recalibrate, for us to go back and do some things that we should have done before. It's a reprieve. But generally people get frustrated and they get down and out and they get discouraged when they need to have the intestinal fortitude to do some things right now when nothing is happening. I'm going to prophesy this to you again. I want you to hear this loud and clear. Spring is coming. But right now, as we are in the cold winter months, you can definitely make sure that when spring comes around and then things are going to be flourishing, watch this, you are going to have a head start on everyone. Again, what an athlete does in the off season, because he knows that the regular season is coming. And see, he can't prepare in the regular season. You can't get in shape in the regular season. You need to be doing that in the off season. 
Maybe putting on some pounds they do. Maybe taking off some pounds. Maybe taking some time to decompress mentally. Maybe working on their skills, honing their craft. All of this stuff is done in the off season. So this may be an off season for you. But I want you to know you can use it for your advantage and be prepared. So when you do get that yes, and I want to say this to you, you will. You will get that yes. No is not final. No is not going to be for you. Please hear what I'm saying today. This is really prophetic. You are going to get a yes, but I want you to be prepared. So now is the time that you get out the business plan and retool it. Now is the time to work on the book. Maybe the publishers came back to you and they said, you know, this is not what we thought. Don't get discouraged. Go back and do some things differently. Now is the time, maybe to boost your credit score. Now is the time to go back and maybe look at some things. Maybe the business loan didn't get approved. Maybe your business partner left you and they said, ah, we don't want anything to do with the business after they said that they did. There's so many reasons why we can get discouraged in times like these, but I want you to be encouraged and I want you to know that this is all a part of the plan. And so again, downtime is prep time. It's time to prep and prepare. And notice again, in this definition of preparation, the action or process of making ready. So we need to be actionary, even in the downtime. There's some things that we need to do. There's some things that we need to tell ourselves. This is why this podcast really exists. Somebody was asking me the other day, why do I do these shows? And it's a way for me to look back and speak to my younger self, my younger audience. And that's you. If you are in your 20s, if you are in your 30s, or maybe in your early 40s, this is a way for me to look back and say, what would I have said to myself when I was in my 20s? What would I have said to myself if I was in my 30s? One of the things I look back over my life and say, I wish I would have been more prepared for certain opportunities that I really believed were going to come my way, but maybe I just didn't know back then how to prepare myself. So now I can speak to you now and show you and help you that no is not final. No just means this is just a downtime, but I'm going to be actionary. I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to say this is not God. I'm not going to say this is not what you know, something in my life is could be off or whatever. And maybe that could be the case. But even in that, it's a way for me to readjust. Basically, what I'm saying to you, it's not over when you hear no. Maybe you should write that down. It's not over even when I hear no. It's never over. It's only going to be over if I check out. Don't check out. Check back in. And don't let anybody discourage you and tell you this is not going to be. You will get that house provided you go back to the drawing board and prepare. The business will flourish provided you go back and do some things. See, things just don't happen just because even in the things of God, even in the will of God, one of the things, one of the misnomers about the will of God is that it's automatic. That's not so. If the will of God was automatic, all Christians would be in the will of God. But you, sir, you, ma'am, have to pursue God's will. You got to go after it. And this is what I'm talking about when we say preparation. 
I'm going to give you a few things that I want you to consider. I just want you to consider and take this in. Here's the first thing that I want you to consider. Number one, recommit. We need to recommit if we're going to be prepared. Here's one of the things about recommitting or the definition behind it. It means to commit again. There's just some things we need to recommit to. What are some things that you need to recommit to? Write those things down. I don't know what they may be. Maybe it's recommitting to getting up early and getting yourself prepared for the day. You know, there was a time maybe you got up early and then you got lazy. And then when you got up, you felt like you was in a rush and the whole day was just thrown off because you were committed to getting up and doing the things that you needed to do. You'd be surprised about just recommitting to these little small things about getting up early will help you be more prepared for the things that are coming your way. Recommit to getting up early and spending some time with the Lord. Now, one of the things that I want you to walk away from are things that are not helping you. You don't need to recommit to things that are bringing you down. Now, you would say, yeah, I know that. But you would be surprised at the things that people are committed to that's taking them nowhere. Even right now, as you are listening to me, I got some things on the table that I'm considering walking away from because it's not helping me at all. And sometimes we are waiting for something to happen. Sometimes we're waiting to catch lightning in a bottle. But here's the reality. When you really know in your spirit that you need to walk away and move on from something, I'm going to say this another way. When the Spirit of God is leading you to walk away from something and move on, it's because he has something better. So there are some things, yes, we need to recommit to, but then there are some things we need to walk away from. Here's a scripture for you in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. The NIV translation reads like this, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. I'm going to read that to you again. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. So watch this. What should I commit to the Lord? Well, the scripture says whatever I'm doing. If I commit to the Lord, whatever it is that I'm doing, he then says, and your plans with an S will succeed. This is what God is saying. And so we have to just come back and commit again to some things. Whatever it is that we are doing, obviously things that are legal, obviously things that are trustworthy and things that are integrous. I think we should know these things, right? Those things that are good, those things that are perfect, those things that are helping and blessing people. And even in that, if we commit to God, the things that we are doing. In other words, allow God to get in on what you're doing. Stop trying to do things in your own power. That's what I did early in my life that I really lament. But when you get older and you failed at some things, you say, I got to allow the spirit of God to get involved in what I'm doing. You are not smart enough to do this by yourself. You need God's favor. You need his wisdom. You need his knowledge. You need his help. If you would just do this one thing and say, I'm going to commit to the Lord, whatever I'm doing, he says your plans 
will succeed. They will. No one gets up in the morning and say, I want to be a failure. No one does. But watch this. We fail when we don't allow God to get in on whatever we're doing. When we don't allow God to get involved in whatever we're doing, we will most certainly fail at everything we are doing. So we need to recommit. Sit down today with a piece of paper and a pencil and allow the spirit of God to tell you some things you need to commit to. We need to do it. For example, some of us may just need to recommit to prayer and spending some time with God. Maybe that used to be a part of your day, a part of your morning, a part of your habit, a part of your ritual, a part of your spiritual journey. Maybe that's something you know it really invigorated you and then life kept getting in the way. The kids needed this, the spouse needed that. Maybe a situation happened in your life and you just got off track. I get it, I understand it, but now it's time to recommit to these things. Let's look at Daniel. I believe it is Daniel chapter six, verse number 10. I want you to see some things that he did consistently. He didn't need to recommit to this, but I just want to show you something he was committed to. Notice what it says. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees and he prayed three times. He prayed three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a four times. So watch this. The secret power of Daniel's life is what he did in prayer. And Daniel, man, was so convinced, he turned up the window. He pulled the window up. He wanted them to know that he was praying. He wanted them to know that God was number one in his life. Maybe that's just one thing we need to commit to. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out here. Maybe some of you just need to recommit to that. Daniel was committed to it. He understood that his success was found in spending time with God. And I'll, I'll say this, I believe that should be every believer's secret formula, because how can God lead you, talk to you, help you, give you wisdom, knowledge, understanding? How can he do any of these, these things for you and you don't do that? That is what being a believer and a Christian is all about. Jesus did this all the time. He would spend hours with the Father. He would steal away. He would tell the disciples, I'm going away. I'm going up to a mountain. I'm going to spend some time with God, and I'm going to pray. And then he would come down out of prayer, and he would do all of these miracles. He would do, how was he able to do this? Spending time with God is getting gassed up in his presence. Is getting confident in his presence. He's allowing the spirit of God to talk to you and minister to you and help you. We need to be prepared. That's what prayer did for Daniel. This is why he was able to go into the lion's den. This is why he understood the assignment. You know, people are talking about understanding the assignment. You can't understand no assignment if you're not prepared. This is how we prepare our sales. If God were to give you the business, are you prepared? If the loan went through for the house, are you prepared? Maybe we should thank God for the slowdown. Maybe we should thank God for the no in our life. Maybe we should thank God for something that didn't happen so we could go back and prepare 
ourselves. And this is what prayer does for us. It helps us to understand I need to get committed again to the very thing that's going to give me confidence. Confidence doesn't come from people. It comes from time spent with God. How do you know you can do this? How do you know you can do that? Because God tells you in prayer. When you're reading the word, he said, this word is for you. Take this, put it in your heart, meditate on it day and night. I'm telling you, man, there's a reason why people are where they are. And then there's a reason why there are some people that are where they are. But I do believe for Christians and believers, we got to make sure that we are spending some time with God. So the first one is we need to commit. And finally, I'm going to give you number two, and that is remember. We need to remember. What does that mean, actually, when we say we need to remember? It's about having an awareness of what we have already seen. There's some things in our life that God has brought us through that we forget. How could we forget about the tough times in our life that God brought us through? You'd be surprised at the things we just forget. We need to remember. Remembering helps to motivate you. Remembering helps you to understand that God won't leave you nor forsake you. Remembering helps you to have a catalog of blessings and a catalog of things that God has done in your life that you can point to. We need to do a better job of remembering and being aware of the very things in our life that we know. I'm not talking about things we don't know. I'm talking about things that we do know that God has done. Notice what John chapter 15, verse 20 says. Jesus said, remember what I told you. He starts off saying, remember what I told you. In other words, I said this to you before. Jesus just wasn't talking out of the side of his neck. Remember what I told you. I said this to you before. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they have obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. This is profound and it's too lengthy to unpack. But one of the things that I like about this is he's saying, listen, guys, if they persecuted me, they're going to do the same thing to you. So why are y'all so surprised and upset? Why are we so surprised and upset when the world doesn't like us? The moment you name the name of Christ, the moment you gave your life to God and you're doing all that you can to live for him, you're going to have some haters. You're going to have some detractors. It's a part of it. It just seems to me that Christians are the only people on the planet. And again, this is just my opinion, that when things happen to them, they are so surprised. And Jesus said, listen, remember what I told you. The servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, man, they going to persecute you. But remember, if they obeyed my teaching and instruction and you do what I did, they will obey yours as well. We just need to be encouraged when we see the scripture come to pass. So when people don't like you, they talking about you, they lying on you, put a smile on your face and rejoice. I know that that sounds crazy. I know I get it. I understand it. It sounds ridiculous to do that. But you need to rejoice and say that the scripture is coming to pass in my life. And so we need to remember, we need to be aware of these things and stop forgetting all the ways and means that God has brought you out. It ought to help you to have confidence in the day of trouble and say, if God did it before, 
He's going to do it again and again and again. Here's another thing about remembering. We need to remember to have a great attitude. They used to say to me when I was younger, your attitude determines your altitude, how high you can go. I do believe that. That's all inside. That's all internal. You got to know beyond the shadow of a doubt, don't let anybody steal your great attitude, your optimism, your faith, your hope in life, the things that keeps driving you. Don't let anybody take that from you. In this winter season, when it's cold outside, warm yourself up and remind yourself, I'm going to keep a positive attitude. Things are going to change for me. This is just an opportunity for me to hone in on my skills. This is just an opportunity for me to spend some more time with God. This is just an opportunity. We blow opportunities. And if we're not blowing them, we can't recognize them when they come. You know why? Because our attitude is not good. So shake yourself, smack yourself if you need to, and say, I will have a better attitude. I will have a better look on the situation. We need to see it the way God sees it. We need to have his attitude and his spirit. Notice what the scripture says in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, starting at verse number eight. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Look at that attitude there. I'm going to give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Verse 10, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek him. Verse number 11, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forever. Verse number 12, remember his marvelous works, which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Finally, verse 13, O seed of Israel, his servants, your children of Jacob, his chosen one. Look what the writer is doing here. He's remembering and is boosting his attitude. When we remember the word of the Lord and do it, it will boost our attitude. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. So many reasons why you should give thanks. Number one, you are alive. You know how many people wish they were alive to even give God thanks? And here you are alive and you're complaining. You know why we do it? We don't prepare ourselves. We got to start preparing ourselves in this scripture, in these words from the Lord here. We have to remember to do it. And here's my final thought on remembering. Remember Lot's wife. I'm going to say it to you again. Remember Lot's wife. Notice what the scripture says in Genesis chapter 19. We're going to start here at verse number 23, and I think we'll conclude here at verse number 26. We got to remember, notice what it says. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. Verse 24, then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Verse 25. So he overthrew the cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the city, and what grew on the ground. Verse 26. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. I'm going to read it to you again. But his wife looked back and behind him, and she became a pillar of of salt. Then Luke chapter 17, 32 says these words. It says, remember Lot's wife. 
Why should we remember Lot's wife? We know she became a pillar of salt, but why should we remember? Why do so many people forget about Lot's wife? Because the command was clear. Don't look back or linger. And she looked back and she lingered and she disobeyed Lot. She looked back and that's what happens when you look back. You turn into something you were never meant to be. I'm going to say that to you again. Remember Lot's wife. She looked back. And every time we look back, instead of looking forward, we become something we were never meant to be. I do believe this, that a lot of people have become something they never were meant to be because they looked back. They look back at something. And as long as your focus is on what you're looking at, you will inevitably become that thing. Some of us are discouraged now and you have become a block of discouragement. Some of you are looking back and you've become a block of anger, frustration, anxiety, because feelings do follow focus. And we are never commanded to look back. We should always be looking forward. And it's my thing. What was in Sodom and Gomorrah anyway that Lot's wife was so fascinated with? I mean, I ain't got time to talk to you about all the stuff that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. That was no place that you would want to be in. That was no place of victory, of hope, of promise. Why are we looking back? There's nothing back there. Even if something good happened for you in the past, that was then. God is all about a new thing he wants to do in your life. You scaled it, you conquered it, but you never meant to look back, even at something that was good. Because sometimes looking back at something that was good will cause you to worship that thing. It'll become a monument for you. It'll become an idol for you. Don't look back. Keep looking forward. Lot's wife looked back and became something she was never supposed to be. Lot grabbed his kids and said, don't look back. We got to keep going. The fire is falling. We got to get out of here. When we are prepared, preparation is always taking action and looking forward and seeing the good thing that God wants to do in your life. Please hear me today. And I'm finished. I'm done. Prepare yourself. Use these winter months to prepare yourself because I've already prophesied to you, and it is sure to happen. Spring is coming. Things are coming for you. Things are coming from you in a good way, a wonderful way, a magnanimous way, a way that's going to bless you. But I want you to walk into the next season of your life because you are preparing yourself for this season of your life. And this is so very vitally important for the things that you shall be. But that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this was a blessing to you. If it was, I want you to shoot me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. If you're listening to me on Podbean, you can also leave me a message on that site there on Podbean. and Let me know, man, this episode really blessed me. It helped me. It gave me some encouragement and strength. Do it today. You can go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. As I've said to you before, I'm saying it to you again, we're doing some new things on the site. So keep checking back with me because my goal is to talk to you more effectively and build a relationship with you. 
That's what I want. That's why I do these podcasts. I want to empower you, inspire you, but I want to build a relationship with you and walk with you so you can communicate some things with me on how I can help you even more. So let's continue to build that connection. Go to that website today. Trust me, it'll be a blessing to your life. And finally, if these shows are being a blessing to you and you want to financially consider sowing a seed into To Empower You, go back to that website, thomasadeloach.com. There's a donation tab on that website. Click that button there. No dollar amount is too big or too small. And everything you give helps me to produce a quality show. There are things that we do behind the scenes with the audio side of it. There are things that we do that has to get this show up and running. And so it helps me to bring to you something of quality. And again, going to be inviting guests on the show. Listen, you know this. It takes money to do these things. Nothing is free, but anything that you can give to continue to allow me to come on and to be a blessing to you, trust me, is my heart's prayer. And I know that God will be thanking you as well for anything that you give. Listen, I'm always praying for you, believing God's best for you. Stay prepared and above all else, be in power. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report prayer requests or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.